Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Second City Sports. We are live and in living color on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can download the Sports Zone Chicago app by going to the Apple Store, Google Play, wherever you get your apps. Make sure you search for Sports Zone Chicago. Also, for our podcast listeners, we're still on War Media. You can follow War Media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WAR Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, Lakina, did I miss anything that we you can reach all of us? She says no. No, no, I think, no, I think you covered it. So, okay, then. So, uh, we trust you guys follow us there. Uh, and thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, Lakina, you're muted. I, there I we know, go. I should, I know. Um, yeah, I have no me, clue. To, me. I don't want to say like, like, share, subscribe, and share this link to your friends on the YouTube and the Facebook, you know, the, uh, the Facebook page, excuse me, here on sportsnotchicago.com and tell your friends about our show. Come on, follow us, like us. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> we look like the Bears this past Saturday. We'll get it to them in just a minute. <laughs> we are unapologetically fun. We have very definite opinions definite opinions <laughs> uh, Chicago on Facebook and live on on YouTube if you want to com- comment on on today's show you could do so by simply uh, place your comment in, a, in in the in the comment section we'll read them read those comments right on the air Lakina let's get started the Chicago Bears they're the hottest story in Chicago right now there's another team in town we'll get to them uh, in the second half of this hour but let's start off with the Chicago Bears and your savior, rookie quarterback Justin Fields. Of course, the Bears defeated the Miami Dolphins last Saturday in Soldier Field by the score of 20 to 13. Mr. Fields, in his debut in a Bears uniform, passed for 142 yards off of four, 14 of 20 passing. He had a touchdown pass, a beautiful touchdown pass to Jesse James. Artavius Pierce had five carries for 50 yards for, for the Chicago Bears. And Reception-wise, Rodney Adams had four catches for 57 yards. Lakina, before we uh, break this game down, just a couple of observations. We'll get into Mr. Fields' performance in just a moment. But overall, the defense looked good. Uh, The offense, especially that first team, a lot of false starts and a lot of um, Mm – it just didn't look good. But once Mr. Fields got in there – uh, things have started to pick up a little bit. The defense, as I mentioned, they looked good. It was a few players that looked good. We'll get into them in just a moment. But the one thing I'm concerned about is the special teams. The special teams has not been so special even the last couple of years. Thanks to Cordell Patterson and Sheriff McManus, where both of them are now no longer on the team, this unit has really been exposed. Yeah, I mean, and also to remember Tevin Jenkins isn't out there either. He's having back problems, and it looks like the back problems are – Kind of as bad as a lot of people feared it would be. Again, we'll keep you guys updated on that. But and look, as far like I watched a little bit of it, I kind of went back and forth on it. I mean, I like I said, I wasn't going to tune in too much because I wasn't going to expect anything much. And, and look, 
yeah, the, you know, Fields had a great touchdown pass, like you just said, to Jesse James. And also, he also, Fields also had a rushing touchdown. I, I mean, look, it kind of went as I expected. I mean, look, you're competing. Look, the Dolphins didn't have a lot of defensive guys out there. Xavier Howard didn't didn't play much. And a lot of their other, like, you know, line, cover linebackers didn't play very much. So I'm not going to, you know, freak out or I'm not going to say that, oh, well, he sucks. It, it's amazing how Bears, like, social media is already in midseason form. You got – <laughs> early, in the, early in the first half when he first got you know came on people were he didn't have a good start people were saying oh get him out of there he's a bust whatever but then you know once you know he kind of started getting the flow of it you know everybody else else was saying hey don't put a statue up or start him down or whatever i mean look it kind of what i expected i wasn't expecting you know you know too much from him i mean Look, he, he's playing against second stringers. I mean, okay, yeah, that just shows that you're better than their second stringers. I mean, big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not at a conclusion, you know, either way. Like I said, I'll get my, give my thoughts on Mr. Fields in just a moment, but I want to focus in on that defense. And Alec Ogletree, I know our morning guy is Sean Sierra, part of Sean and in the morning. Please listen and watch him right here on YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. He does a great job. Uh, he talked about uh, Alec Ogletree and how he came into camp 20 pounds. Uh, uh, he lost 20 pounds when he showed up the second time to Bears camp, and the Bears said, hey, uh, let's give you a spot on the team, see what you could do. Uh, he did this thing on uh, on Saturday. He had four total tackles uh, for, for the game, three solo, including a, a tackle for, for a loss. Lakina, uh, he, he's probably going to make the team. I told you in our last episode on Friday, that uh, whatever you get out of him at this point of his career is a bonus. Hopefully he can keep this energy up. I know he's been doing great in practice. He picked off six passes during practice last week. So uh, mm-hmm. I like what I saw from Mr. Ogletree last Saturday. Yeah, I mean, injuries, like I said, have been kind of an issue for Ogletree. That's why he's been kind of going back and forth to various teams. And look, he he looked good. I mean, like again, but also, too, he's most of, for the most part, up against second stringers. So, again, this just shows that he's better than the other second stringers that are on there. So, like I said, I, I know. Look, I know Sean's very high on him. I know the other guys are high on him. But when healthy, is actually one of the better defensive guys. And he has said that he's open to playing special teams. Of course, that's going to be really like the thing that's missing for the Bears. But again, I'm not. Look, these are preseason games. I'm not gonna say, oh well, this, this, you know, they suck or they're going to be even better than we thought they would be. I mean, I'm not. I'm not hinder on that. I mean, look, you got two more preseason games. I I just don't like I said. I'm not gonna be. I'm not one of those folks that likes to kind of rely on preseason to sort of be kind of like that in, in that realm. It's just not who I. It's not who I am. So I'm not. Look, Minnesota looked terrible against Denver over the weekend. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not gonna freak out over you know their performance. So look, you're you were gonna show a lot. I mean, the Bears didn't show a lot on offense. So I'm I'm not. Look again. Don't don't expect me to have any, you know, big, you know, synopsis about what happened on, in a preseason game. That's just not my style. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. You can watch us on Facebook and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee and Sydney Brown. We're discussing the Bears' first preseason game from last Saturday as they defeated the Miami Dolphins 20 to 13 on the lakefront at Soldier Field. If you want to give us a comment on what you saw from last Saturday's Bears game, what did you think about Justin Fields? You could do so on our Facebook page and right here on YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook and on YouTube, get your comments up and we'll put them on the air. Just be fair whether you agree or disagree with us. If you're good to us, we'll be good to you. If you disrespect us, we'll show you the door. Now, <laughs> uh, back to Justin Fields, Lakina. 
Uh, I'm with you. Uh, of course, as a fan, I was excited, but I wasn't expecting the world. Of course, he struggled early, but that's what you're expecting in your first NFL game, even though it's not official yet. It's, it's preseason. It's a dress rehearsal. Rehearsal. Yes, he fumbled the ball. He recovered it on his own. And yes, uh, he he struggled to start the game. But after a while, uh, he started to pick it up. And he, he, he saw the coverage on that touchdown pass to Jesse James. That was beautiful. That was the only time we saw the deep ball from Mr. Fields. But I was worried about, and we talked about this on Friday, I was worried about how head coach Matt Nagy would, would do the play calling because Justin Fields looked like to me after a couple of hiccups early, it looks like he, uh, he started to get the offense a little bit. I know you're running basic, basic plays during the preseason, but it looked like he started to pick up on it a, a little bit. And I know Justin mentioned it after the game in the postgame presser that he thought that the game was slow. You usually don't hear that from a rookie, especially in his first preseason game. Well, but but again, you know, he had to deal with the second stringers of the the Dolphins. So of course, he's going to say that you know the the game was a little bit slow. And well, that's something he's going to have to adjust. You know, being in the NFL now. I mean, the Big Ten. He played in the SEC for a little bit. Then he played in the Big Ten, of course, for a couple of years. You know, of course, they're a little more fast paced. You know, those games and those defenses. But again, you know, you you, you have he hasn't you know faced any like top defensive guys yet. So I'm like I said, I'm not. Okay, yeah, he had, you know, he had his struggles. You know, he looked good. You know, later in the game before he was pulled. But, you know, again, I'm not like don't don't expect me to kind of throw parades or you know want him to you know want him to start. I mean, look again, we'll see if he look again, we'll see if he if if Madanagi does start him, and and again, we'll see how he develops more because I think that there's he knows that he could do more, and I think he will. And let's focus in on, on the play of the offensive line. I know, Lakini, you mentioned about uh, Tevin Jenkins and his injuries. We'll get to that in just a moment because the Bears made a move for a veteran offensive lineman. We'll get into that in just a moment as well. But focusing on the, the play on the field from Saturday, uh, the running game um, looked good to me, even though it was preseason. The, uh, the Bears carried the ball as a team 24 times for 171 yards in the score. The only rushing score came off of Justin Fields. Uh, he had five carries for 33 yards. Damian Williams, even though he had four yards on two carries, he looked good wearing jersey number eight. I know David Montgomery only saw a couple of snaps. He had a carry for three yards. Artavius Pierce, as I mentioned at the top of the show, had five carries for 50 yards, but his longest one was 51 yards. Uh, you can make it for what it's worth. Ryan Nall had three carries for 43 yards. Khalil Herbert, which uh, the best fans should watch out for in the not-so-distant future, he had six carries for 38 yards. So the Bears game, the Bears running game, even for a limited action, looked pretty good to me through my eyes. Yeah, I mean, it looks fine. But again, let's see him do this in a an actual regular season game. I know he said that mm -hmm. he's going to run the ball more. And, and look, that's, that's fine. But again, let, let's do this. You know, let's keep his energy up, you know, in this during the season. Because again, you know, the Dolphins' pass for us, I think, was one of—I don't want to say it was one of the worst, but it just—it wasn't very good last year. So of course, they were able to, again, you know, this against second stringers. But you mm -hmm. know, you saw what, you saw maybe a maybe a preview of what's ahead. Maybe I don't know. But again, we'll see mm -hmm. what happens there. But you know, 171 yards. I mean, the you know, preseason rushing—that's that's not bad. I mean, that's a good start. But you know, again, I want to see more of this. You know, is this going to be consistent? Is I'm sure who's going to after David Montgomery? Who's going to be the top running back? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So that's another thing. Will Will Williams? Will Williams be that guy? I mean, will there be some other guys that'll step up? 
We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, in the receiving department for Chicago, they only had 17 catches for 168 yards as a team. Rodney Adams led the Bears with four catches for 57 yards. Jesse James, the third uh, third string tight end, he had two catches for 38 yards, including a 30-yard touchdown catch from Mr. Fields. Riley Ridley, I'm really looking forward to see what he could do in this offense this year. Hopefully get more playing time. He only had one catch for 17 yards. Justin Hardy had one catch for 15 yards. Khalil Herbert, as we just mentioned in the running game, he had three catches for 11 yards at the back, uh, out the backfield. And Damian Williams, as I mentioned too, out of the backfield earlier, he only had a catch for nine yards. Look, in, there was no Allen Robinson in, uh, in there. We expected that. Uh, the receiving core... I'm not going to say I'm worried about him because I'm not, but we said this right before training camp started. Who's going to be the number two wide receiver? Will it be Marquise Goodwin? Will it be Darnell Mooney? Is it going to be somebody we haven't heard of? Uh, that's the question I'm waiting for, for it to get answered. Well, and I think that's going to be the thing. Like, who is going to be the guy after after A-Rob? I mean, will it be? Look, will it be Herbert? Will it be Riley Ridley? Who, you know, will it be, will it be Rodney Adams? I mean, I guess we just don't know. And, and look again, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, you got two more preseason games to figure it out. How mm -hmm. much will Cole Komet be used? You know, they didn't use him much last year. Mo Mooney wasn't really a factor, but again, it's a preseason game, so you're not expecting him to be. And, and again, you just got to wait and see. I mean, you know, this is sort of an off offense. And uh, look, I mean, if Matt Nagy, you know, wants to take over a play calling, which we know that's going to happen eventually this season, um, again, we'll see how all that stuff is spread out. So, yeah, you know, again, I'm not like I'm not gonna like freak again. You know, I th I guess this is the one thing about having preseason games to figure out. Okay, who's gonna be kind of like that guy that's gonna be, you know, that second guy after a Rob. Shout out to Armando Laura Jr. Oh, no. He kept in with us. Go. Hey. Good afternoon to you too as well, my friend. Uh, make sure you tell your friends to watch us right now on Facebook or in or your on YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Lakina, let's go to the passing game for the Bears. Uh, breakdown as far as quarterbacks are, are, are concerned. Of course, Justin Fields, as I mentioned, 142 yards. He played the majority of the second quarter into the third quarter. Andy Dalton, he, he started the game. Uh, he, he was window dressing, uh, to, to be frank, only two or four passing for 18 yards. Didn't look good. Nick Foles came in there in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Lakina. I had the TV on. I know some of the fans booed him, but he was only one of three for eight yards. So it, it really all comes down to uh, Justin Fields. I know as of today, the, I know the Bears practiced earlier today. I know Mr. Fields was supposed to take some snaps with the ones. Do you think that head coach Matt Nagy is playing it correct here and in, in saying in front of the media that, that Andy Dalton should be the starter right now? I, Even I, after what we saw on Saturday. Well, look, I think we didn't see much. I mean, like you said, I mean, we'll see. Again, we may we may see more in there, and then their next preseason game. I mean, like I said before, you're not going to show too much. The defense is not going to show a lot. The offense is not going to show a lot. So, you know, I think he's playing it. I think he's playing it as he, as he should. I mean, again, we don't know how he's going to look against those top tier defenses. Mm -hmm. Do you want? Do you want him? You want Fields to learn on the job? Do you want him to get sacked maybe four or five times? I mean. You know, I've been hearing a lot, you know, others, you know, our sports radio stations here in Chicago. I'm, I'm hearing like, you know, there's no really in between. You got some folks that are saying, hey, make up the starter now. And then we have others saying that, well, hey, you know, we don't want to throw them, throw them to the wolves against, you know, one of the top tier defenses. So let's just, you know, wait till game four or five, like the plan is, I'm sure. And, you know, just 
hash it out. I mean, I think people want to like are so I think Bears fans have been so jaded by because we haven't, you know, the Bears haven't really had a quarterback in like 30 years or maybe longer <laughs> than that, depending on how who you ask. But let, let's not, you know, let's kind of be careful in thinking that this guy is a savior. I just, you just can't really do that just yet. Yeah, you know, whenever uh, Mr. Fields gets in, uh, you want to have the offensive line uh, ready to go and healthy as much as possible because you brought up uh, just a, a few minutes ago, Te uh, Tevin Jenkins, the rookie tackle uh, that was drafted, of course, uh, earlier this year. He's ha still having back spasms. Hopefully he can get well soon. I don't, I don't believe he hasn't practice yet. So, And they brought in uh, Justin Peters, uh, the veteran, nine year, um, 39 year old Pro Bowl veteran from the Philadelphia Eagles. He was out on the street until um, mm -hmm. uh, this this past weekend. Like, you know, you know as well as I do, if you're offensive lineman, uh, you out here in these streets, as we say, in free agency, you're out there for a reason. And, and that's why you know, I, I hope that the Bears can get something out of Mr. Peters. But at his age, if now, if you expect him to, not, right, and, uh, no disrespect to Mr. Peters, but if you expect him to be the savior, now we have some issues only because of his age, like you mentioned, the wear and tear on his body. Yeah, he missed like half the season last year because of injury. So mm -hmm. like you said, he's 39 and 39 in an old line position. That's like that's like oil and vinegar. That's sort of like two things that don't go together. So I think for for folks, to, you know, I think people are already kind of like, oh, my God, he's been to like five Pro Bowls. And, you know, this guy is one of you know, at one time was one of the best O-linemen in the NFL, but yeah, he's 39. There's a reason why he's been out, as you said, as you say, said on the streets. Cause mm -hmm. you know, cause a lot of people, you know, cause a lot of teams are kind of avoiding him. So that's not, that's a bad sign. If he, if you're thinking he's going to be your savior for your own line. I think that's, again, we'll get to our divisional previews, but in the coming shows, but that's not a good sign. Not, that's not where you want to be. If you're a Bears fan right now. And as I mentioned before, if, uh, for any group of for offensive linemen, uh, it's not just blocking the man in front of you. It's about knowing the players from the quarterback, knowing the blocking schemes, knowing uh, different pass protection plays. So it's more than just one thing to block your guy, but you got to know all these different things to operate as a unit when you have injuries and setbacks and things along those lines. Uh, that can set any offensive lineman group back. And so for this Bears team especially, we saw – what happened last year when Matt Nagy was forced to run the ball, they did a great job. Whoever was the healthiest in there. Now this year, uh, minus the rookie uh, Jenkins, uh, mm -hmm. the from what I saw on Saturday, the, the Bears offensive lineman did a pretty good job. It, was it stellar? No. Was it horrible? Absolutely not. Remember, as you said, this is a preseason. This is a dress rehearsal, re rehearsal for the regular season. This is the first of three. You still have two more to go. But can we put everything into it? No. Can you take something out of it? Absolutely. But let's not get too high. Let's not let's not get too low. Well, and I feel that's definitely about defense. I know that they you know, they got three sacks, but again, that's against that was against their second stringers. So <laughs> you know, let, let's not you know they were able to keep you know Tua was kept up right. I mean, you know, Houston Carson did get an interception from Tua on a really bad throw, mm -hmm. but and that's you know that that's cool. But again, I'm I'm not. I, you know, you can't really like make any assumptions after just one preseason game. And for a lot of these guys who opted out, it's been more than a year since they've played. So mm -hmm. I think they need to also kind of, you know, show a little bit of, you know, leeway there. Now, did you get a chance to see in the other uh, preseason games this weekend, Sid? 
a little bit. And that's why I wanted to ask you as you're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can watch us live on Facebook and live on YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago, live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to drop us a comment about the, the Bears or any other preseason action from this past weekend, please do so. Drop your comments in the comments section and we'll read them on the air to them on them on the air to you as long as they're good whether you agree with us or not like i did get a chance to see trevor lawrence i know your idiot friends on first take i'm just using that in air quotes your idiot friends on first take asked the question was trevor lawrence's preseason debut a disappointment i would have to say yes but i'm not going to overreact and yell and, and insult people so i'm not going to do that but remember as i said before this is preseason and for jacksonville they started over anyway so would you like to see a better showing from Mr. Lawrence? Yes, but I've seen worse. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't his best game. And, but like you said, Sid, I mean, this is his first NFL game. I mean, like we said with Justin Fields, I mean, don't take, you know, at face value. He had a good preseason game. Lawrence didn't. And, you know, folks, I know I, I'm, I'm sure folks in Jacksonville are already like, oh, well, get him out of there. You know, we'd rather have Minshew. <laughs> but uh, I think people just need to kind of just, you know, take it down on that. He's gonna and he's going to be the starting quarterback, no doubt, as – you know, in week one for the Jags. So I'm not worried about him. Now, the one guy that you probably could see perhaps play in his preseason, I mean, you know, had a good show in his preseason game, was Trey Lance from San Fran. Threw a bomb touchdown uh, pass, you know, in one of his first, I think his, I think that was his first series, you know, mm-hmm. for the 49ers. And, look, he looked really good. I mean, again, you know, you don't want to take anything at face value. But, you know, I, I think – Look, I, I'm sure a lot of San Fran fans, and I'm sure there's a lot of division among Niners fans that they want to see him, perhaps you know, over Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, we'll we'll, we'll again when we get to our divisional previews, we'll get to all that and figure all that out. Of course, Jordan Love, the second year quarterback out of Utah State, uh, passed for 112 yards in it in his preseason debut against the Houston Texans last Saturday night. He threw for 112 yards in a touchdown pass. He looked okay. I know. He was injured as the Packers lost to the Texas 26-7. I know Jordan Love was injured, but it looks like he's going to be okay. I don't know if he's going to play uh, this coming week. We'll see about that. But uh, like you said, it's the preseason. I'm not going to sit here and say, you should take over Aaron Rodgers right now. No, folks. Uh, You're not going to get that, not on this show, not from me. But he looked okay. But like you mentioned before, this is the preseason. This is what happens when when you run basic plays, and this is what happens. No one's going to run anything exotic during the preseason. No one, no coach from the NFL is going to tip their hand. Well, and that's why I've been saying, I mean, I don't think people are, you know, folks shouldn't, again, take it at face value. I know that thankfully there was no structural damage to his shoulder. They've had mm-hmm. x-rays, although he, I don't think he's going to practice for a couple of days. And, and that's fine. But, you know, again, there's a reason why. They didn't pull, haven't pulled a trick on him yet because he he looked okay. You know, it didn't look great, but again, if you're the Packers, I think you're you're glad that Aaron Rodgers is back because you're gonna you won't see him you know anytime during the preseason. But you know, just to see what you give with Jordan Love, I guess. Uh, I had a chance to check out a few minutes of the Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, in, in the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, of course, the Raiders beat the Seattle Seahawks. 20 to 7. It was just nice to see fans uh, finally in, in that s- nice stadium uh, for the Raiders in downtown Las Vegas. They were hyped. They were ready to go. You could tell that the players that were on, on the field really fed off that energy. 
Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can really tell. You can, you can feel that, and it, it was great to see crowds back in a lot of those preseason mm-hmm. um, games in the stadiums because you know that was one thing that was missing last year in a lot of mm-hmm. spots. But you know, but look, I like the. Did you get a chance to see the the Battle of L.A. between the Chargers and the Rams? I mean, yes. Yeah, so I was going to bring that up next. The Chargers yeah. beat the Rams thirteen and six. Uh, I'm 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 not going to give up my pick away just yet, but I'm really starting to like the Chargers. I did pick them to go to the playoffs last year, and they didn't do it, but. Uh, I'm starting to kind of get that, not to jump on their bandwagon too much, but I really like that team already. I know my guy Melvin Ingram isn't there anymore. He's with Pittsburgh. But mm-hmm. uh, that second-year quarterback, Justin Herbert, could be something special. I think, I, yeah, and I, and I hate the fact that Anthony Lynn did get a chance to kind of have another year. But, <laughs> you know, there, there's definitely – I mean, the pieces, the pieces are there for the Chargers, and I think they can probably – I'm not going to say they're going to win the division. You know, you still got the – that you still got the Chiefs, so I'm not like gonna like oh you know. But Brandon Staley, you know, he seems really excited about what's to come, you know, with our offense and their defense. So he inherited a really good team. So we'll see what he does. And look, we all know he's a defensive guy. So you know, got to show a little bit of it against his former team. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. See, I think the Chargers might be a trendy pick for a lot of people for the one of the wild card spots in the AFC. Uh, what about the Jets? I know they faced the Giants last weekend. Uh, they defeated the New York Giants twelve to seven. But uh, Zach Wilson uh, looks uh, looked good, and according to some people in his preseason debut, some others are ready to throw him in a trash can. What were your mm. thoughts? Uh, I mean, again, you can't really like you know take it at face value. I, I just, I just, you just can't really. I know he didn't look like the the guy that we all saw thought he would be. But again, you know what? If he, if in the next game he looks bad, then we can kind of like you know panic or freak out. But right now, I mean, look, it's just a preseason for a lot of these guys. Like I said, you know, for some guys, that opted out last year. This is the first time playing more than a year, so let, let's get give them some time to kind of get you know their legs going. Uh, you mentioned the Broncos and Vikings earlier. Uh, the Broncos defeated the Vikings. 33-6, Teddy Bridgewater uh, looked good. I know uh, some people may still have him as the starting quarterback, the favorite over Drew Locke. Uh, uh, the, uh, what was your observations on, on the Broncos quarterback battle? I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think, again, that, that's another team that kind of is that – I don't want to say they're the trendy pick, but they're sort of – some people are saying they, they could be a sleeper if they get their quarterback situation together because everybody mm-hmm. – they got pretty much everything else. So is Locke the answer? Maybe, but again, we'll just have to wait and see. And no, look, I think look, I think Bridgewater, you know, we'll see how he does in the altitude. But you know, he, he had a nice showing, and the Vikings fans actually gave him a nice ovation, which was great to see. So yeah. it could be look, could could Bridgewater give Locke a run for his money? Maybe. I mean, he's been there, so mm-hmm. we'll see. And also, too, last Thursday, uh, the Washington football team. Um, a loss to the Patriots, New England Patriots on the road, 22-13. Lakina, I know, as I said before, the it was a miracle that the Patriots finished 7-9 last year, even though they was missing half their defensive unit due mm-hmm. to COVID concerns. Cam Newton, their starting quarterback for now, had COVID last year, struggled when he came back. This year, he's the starting quarterback for now. But Mac Jones looked good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I reading between the lines, you know, Bill Belichick wants to throw him in there at some mm-hmm. point, if not now, at some point. But you you know as well as I do, Lakina, the New England Patriots, uh, they're not a Super Bowl contender anymore, but I believe they still a playoff team if healthy. And if Cam can get back to sort of uh, between 2015 and 2017-ish, Cam knew if you get at least half or close to 70% of 2015 Cam, you'll be okay. 
they now New England just had to have some have some people step up offensively uh, to to catch the ball and to run the football. But if Cam Newton is at least sixty to seven percent of what he was back in twenty fifteen when he won the MVP, the Patriots could be that dangerous team. I wouldn't go that far, Sid. I mean, like you said, I'm not saying win the Super Bowl, but there could be a a playoff. I mean, team. yeah, I, yeah, I know. I've seen some people say that they're kind of like the trendy pick for one of the wild card spots in the NFC. I mean, AFC, but I, I just don't see it. I mean, we don't know how the defense is gonna look. They got a lot of their guys. Most of them that did you know opt out last year are back, but they're over thirty. So, and that's what's you're you're worried. You know, that's the worrisome part there. And also, too, again, I'm sure. Look, I'm not saying that he's itching to get Mac Jones uh, out there, but uh, you know Belichick will take, will make any excuse to get him out there. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Newton. I mean, he kind of had his struggles. I mean, he was he wasn't terrible in 49 yards passing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know that, that again, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But you know, like you said, like you said, so they, they don't really have a lot of guys. I mean, they got Sony Michelle over there. They some of the guys didn't. You know, a lot of the, they're kind of working with new guys in the, um, the receiving core, so we just really don't know how they're going to look. And I know they're the trendy pick, but I'm not. I'm not sold on them yet. I'm not. And from last Thursday, the Steelers uh, defeated the Philadelphia Eagles twenty-four to sixteen. Jalen Hurts, the second-year quarterback out of, out of Alabama, looked okay. He didn't really show too much. Joe Flacco, yes, that Joe mm-hmm. Flacco that won the Super Bowl ten years ago with the Baltimore Ravens in twenty twelve. Uh, had, saw some um, pretty chunky good action. He had 10 out of 17 pass passes for 178 yards and a touchdown. Lakina, I know I'm not saying Joe Flacco was back and he, he resurrected his career, but uh, I know Philadelphia is giving him a long look to see he's going to be their number two quarterback. He probably just wrapped up with that performance there, given his age. Well, and I think also, too, he could be a, a good mentor for Jalen Hurts, I think. Because- exactly. Exactly. And look, this this guy has a Super Bowl ring and a Super Bowl MVP. I know some people say he kind of backed into it, but that's not a bad thing to have on your resume. So, and you're going to mm-hmm. need someone that's is seasoned, who has experience in the playoffs, who is can be kind of like that mentor. So, you know, I know I know Ian Book didn't look very good. He had an interception. He only was only nine for sixteen. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, ugh, I, I I don't know. I mean the. <laughs> Right. I mean, I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. Right? I mean, if the Phil, if you look, if you're Philly, I think you're gonna need someone that is gonna kind of be sort of like that mentor. And Joe Flacco can't be that mentor now if you want Hurts to kind of be that guy. You know, that's why he got rid of Wentz. So I'm thinking he can, he can kind of be that guy. You're gonna need that number two guy that can kind of get it done. So, and as for Pittsburgh again, Dwayne Haskins looked good. He's he's kind of trying to resurrect his career, if you will, mm-hmm. and. You know, we'll, we'll see what he does. And, and look, they look like I said, you don't want to make any assumptions, you know, with the preseason. But I, I gotta say though, both the both the both the the Pennsylvania teams looked really good. All right, we had to take a pause for the calls because we reached the bottom of the hour. When we return, we'll discuss some baseball. Not a good weekend for both of our local teams, and we'll get to the best and the worst from the rest of baseball from this past weekend. And we have a question for you Southside fans, and we want to really want to get your thoughts on this mm-hmm. one. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. We'll see and hear you on the flip side.
I just heard my favorite band is in town. I'd love to get good seats, but everywhere I've looked, the ticket sites have crazy service fees. Haven't you heard of Tick Splits? Who? Tick Splits. They don't gouge you with crazy fees. The price they advertise is the price you pay, plus a small delivery fee. Never pay service fees again. Go to TIXBLITZ.com today. TickSplits.com. Guaranteed seats, low prices. That's TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Uh, you can watch us live on Facebook and on YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, on Facebook and on YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago, we have a comment or a question for us. Drop it, drop those thoughts in the comment section. We'll get them on for you. And just be nice to us. We'll be nice to you if you're. Uh, naughty will kick you out swiftly. <laughs> now let's continue this uh, discussion, Lakina, as we get into some baseball. Let's start off. Well, you know, the Cubs, they got uh, swept by the Miami Marlins. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> the Chicago White Sox, uh, they lose uh, the last two games of the series against the Yankees. I was there yesterday. Uh, they lost 5-2. to two. Lakina, <laughs> jumping off the bridge. They're going to win the AL Central, but it's a couple of Things that concerns me. The bullpen. That is is the bullpen and the defense. Now, yesterday with the defense, Cesar Hernandez had three errors. Mm -hmm. I know he had a bad day day at the office. I'm not going to blame him totally for yesterday. Okay. Okay. But, but, you know, the defense has been shoddy at times all year. I know some Sox fans want to gloat over that. I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. Let's go to that bullpen. 
And this is the question I want to ask Sox fans. You can um, give us your answers on Facebook and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook and YouTube. Who should be the closer for the White Sox right now, Liam Hendricks or Craig Kimbrell? Drop us uh, your answer in our comment section. We'll get your answers up and live on the air. Lakina, if you ask me that question right now, mm-hmm. I don't want to quote unquote punk out, but ask me in two weeks. Liam, Hendrick, <laughs> Liam Hendricks has not looked good. He got bailed out last Thursday in that Field of Dreams game, thanks to Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. But uh, last Saturday night, he didn't. He couldn't get away with it, and the White Sox couldn't bail him out again. And let's be honest here. Uh, let's just hope that this is. Let, let's just let's just hope that this is a hiccup because as we mentioned to you guys before in our, our, our episode on Friday, these are the dog days of summer, the month of August. We're right in the middle of the month already. And they and the Sox are starting to get into the meat and potatoes of their schedule since they're they're going to start a four-game series, a critical in my opinion, a four-game series against Oakland starting tonight mm-hmm. on the south side. You have uh, uh, we'll get you the pitching matchups in just a moment, but you start a four-game series against Oakland tonight. The uh, first three games are, are night games. The Thursday yep. game is a 110 start. For those of you that have not had a chance to go out to our Sox game, we keep telling you guys, stop complaining, get off your butts, go to that website, you know where to go get tickets. Plenty mm-hmm. of seats available, including tonight's game. Okay? Now, mm-hmm. uh, back to the closers row. Liam Hentress hasn't looked good uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the last two games are indicative. Craig Kimball hasn't looked that hot either, but I'm not worried about him too much. I think Tola DeRusso may play this out by situation and by feel. If that's the case, so be it. But mm-hmm. talk to me at the end of this month. If Liam Hendricks continues to struggle, you may have no choice but to go to Craig Kimball as your starter. Now, if Kimball starts to struggle for the next couple of weeks, you really have issues, and you really don't want to get it, get to that point. Well, the whole thing with the uh, with the bullpen, look, I've been saying this. I feel like I've been saying it for the whole season that the bullpen was going to be some issue. There's going to be some issues with the bullpen, and despite you know the moves that were made before the trade deadline, there are still issues with the bullpen. We saw it again this whole series. Now, now Friday's game, you know, I mean, a Thursday's game, I should say, like you said, you know, Tim Anderson kind of let you know let Andrews off the hook when he could that easily could have had that loss. The last two, I mean, you know. It just, just, it just wasn't very good, and and you know Foster, you know that was just a terrible. He had to take the loss, and that was just a terrible showing by him. And I, I just at, at this point, I think I feel as though maybe the White Sox, if there was, if there's one thing, one thing, you know, maybe there are a couple of things, but if there's one thing that will keep the White Sox from going to the promised land, and that is, you know, their bullpen, and we're seeing it. And look, Kimbrel, you know, has the experience. You know, he's done in the playoffs you know Hendricks we really haven't seen him do it to do it very much in the playoffs so I if you want to you know say who should be the closer right now as of August 16th maybe you'll give the edge to Kimball because he has more experience but again if yeah you know, it's sort of ebbs and flows during the season now luckily oh my god they're only 10 games up you know everybody's already like freaking out because they're only 10 games up on the indians they're gonna win the division folks i think folks should just chill on that unless unless they completely collapse which you hope that's not the case but you know you just have to you know just keep the ebbs and flows in the season again if look if one stinks and you know the other one's better than fine you know right now make them make him the starter but if not i think you just have to kind of just see who doesn't you know who 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 isn't you know the worst We'll say it like that. 
And this is the beauty of having a 10-game lead. We talked about this before, Lakina. Uh, manager Tony La has options, and, and he can basically set the rotation and set the situation for uh, and put in the players that he wants to uh, fit for those situations. That's the benefit of having a big lead, right? And uh, he, he's uh, searching for guys to answer the bell. If you answer the bell, you're going to be on the team. If you're not, uh, you'll be sitting next to him in a, in a white T-shirt, <laughs> not on the playoff roster. But uh, getting back to this bullpen, minus Hendricks and minus Kimbrell, uh, like I mentioned, I was at the game yesterday. Uh, Ryan Tapera, uh, Jose Ruiz, and yes, Aaron Bummer did the job yesterday to keep that game at 3 nothing. Lucas Giolito had 96 pitches to four innings. Uh, he, he wasn't good yesterday. I know you mentioned that in his postgame presser. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he didn't have the command. And the tricky thing about it was I kept looking at the scoreboard yesterday. Uh, Aaron Judge and John Carlos Sane had killed the White Sox uh, the last two games. Uh, you want to go back to Thursday in the Field of Dreams games, the last three games uh, uh, with the series that just passed. But uh, they shut those guys down yesterday. And Joey Gallo had one hit, uh, uh, one hit uh, through mm-hmm. seven innings yesterday. It was just a bad defense, and Lucas Giolito did not have his best stuff. He was lucky that he got out of there with a 3 nothing lead. It, it should have been worse. It, it kind of opened up a bit in the ninth inning, which turned out to be the dip, uh, the difference in the game with that Luke Voigt two-run homer in the top of the ninth. But uh, the White Sox, uh, as I mentioned before, give them credit for trying to come back again. They almost pulled it out on Saturday. They failed there. Sunday, they're a little bit far behind, but you – you, you like this team that they battle back, but at some point, Lakina, when you play with fire, you get burned. And you don't want to go through these situations too many times. You want to set the tone and cruise. I know that's not always going to happen, but as we said before, Lakina, playoff baseball for this team starts right now because this is still a young team. They're a good team, but now that you're getting guys back healthy, Yasmani Grandal may be back sooner rather than later. And you may get a, a couple other guys back. Uh, Luis Robert, l- 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 it looks like he's starting to turn it on, at least bat-wise. His fielding has, has picked up where he left off early in the year. He's still catching balls out there. Elo Jimenez is really swinging a hot stick. He's actually made a couple of decent plays mm-hmm. out there left field these last two games. So I'm not saying he's going to win a gold glove in left field. I'm not saying leave him in there for the rest of the year. No, he's still a DH, okay? But – uh, it looks like all the uh, these guys that that just come back, uh, they're making a contribution right away. But my point is, yes, we like the White Sox is better when they win. But if you have to keep falling behind, keep coming back, like I said before, when you when you play with fire, it's, it's not only a matter of time before you get burned. Well, I think look, Julia was like he got out of that, you know, like out of that jam. I mean, that 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 lead should have been you know much worse than it was, and let you know only a three nothing lead and. And, and thankfully, you know, unfortunately, the bullpen kind of, you know, messed it up for him. But, but again, I mean, you know, look, Eloy, look, if you want to occasionally put him out there in the outfield because he wants to be out there, fine, whatever. But, you know, the, we're not going to put him out there. He's not going to be the starter in the playoffs. He's not going to be out in the outfield in the playoffs. You're going to, you're going to DH him. You're going to need him to, for the timely hitting, and that's fine. But again, I mean, look, Gal. I know Gallo didn't have a, a good game yesterday. He, he struck out four times, but he has been a good asset this series. And there's actually people are forgetting that he's actually been a good pickup for the Yankees. So I think people need to kind of give him a little bit of credit for that. Now, now as for the as for the White Sox, I mean, okay, yeah, you kind of wish you know some guys, you know, those three errors didn't help. That kind of sort of started that um, that rally by the Yankees. 
again, you're going to have those issues. It happens, you know, there shouldn't be, I know folks are kind of, you know, getting out of all of, but that's, you know, it just, you know, these things are going to happen. So I don't think people should worry too much, but you know, again, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like you said, they have a 10 game leave y'all. I mean, every white Sox fan to <laughs> just relax for a second. Like, I don't want to be all Aaron Rodgers, R E L A X relax, but you're going to have to, you guys got to <laughs> relax here. Okay. <laughs> You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. White Sox fans, who should be the closer right now, Liam Hendricks or Craig Kimbrough? Drop your comments in the comments section on our Facebook page and YouTube page at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook and on YouTube. Lakina, let's set the stage for a big four-game series tonight with the White Sox and Oakland. Your pitching matchups uh, tonight is. Frank Matas versus Dallas Keiko, big star for Mr. Keiko. And then tomorrow you'll have Chris Bassett versus Renaldo Lopez. Lopez has actually looked good coming out of that bullpen, Lakina. Remember, I wanted to trade him before the shutdown last year. I didn't get my wish, but it uh, looks like Renaldo Lopez is having a rebirth with the White Sox. And then Wednesday's matchup, we'll have Cole Irving versus Lance Lynn. And then we'll get you to Thursday. Uh, matchup in just a moment. As we mentioned, that Thursday game with Oakland is a 1-10 start, and we'll have James Caprillian versus Dylan Cease. Lakina, just reading these pitching matchups that I just read to you guys. Dylan Cease and Dallas Keuchel, especially tonight, this is a big start for him. Yeah, because Montez is like one of their top. I think oh, some people have even said that he could perhaps maybe be one of the side guys to go into running for a side young. I'm not, not, this is not, you know, this is not me, not me saying this is what others are saying. And he's actually had a really, has a really solid year, sort of up and down too. But, you know, he has actually been playing, you know, pitching better lately for the, for the A's. So this is a really big start. They're kind of like evenly matched if you look at the stats. So. But he is a strikeout machine, Montez is. And so the hitting has to kind of help you know, compensate for Keiko. If you get a big lead early, if you're the White Sox, that way you can give Keiko the confidence. And look, the heart of that order for the A's, they're dangerous. So mm-hmm. this is, and they're not going to be in a very good mood either because they lost two out of three to the Rangers over the weekend. So mm-hmm. they're not going to be in a very good mood. So I would advise White, the White Sox, you know, and for Mr. Keiko to have a good start tonight because if not, you know, things are going to kind of get out of control a little bit. Yes, as I said, this is a, a most important series of the year for the for the White Sox because, as we said on this show, we uh, give Houston credit, give Boston credit, but if the White Sox, I know they lost to Oakland last year, but Oakland's a very different team this year. So it's the Sox, but if you have to face Oakland in the playoffs this year, it could be trouble. So uh, for the, I know many White Sox fans are worried about the, the White Sox are not showing up against good teams this year. Hey, you can only play who's in front of you, but for the Sox, and this is why you have manager Tony La Russa at the helm right now, you have to get these young guys ready because this is playoff baseball. You're playing against good teams, and this is what you expect. You're not going to blow everybody out 10-3, to 10-4, or 8-2. to two. That just doesn't happen. It comes down to the basics, timely hitting, uh, strong pitching and defense. And the, the two things that, that, that the Sox have to tighten up is consistency on offense and defense. Those are the two things I'm looking for from here on now, especially in this series, which starts tonight against Oakland on the South side. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what this does. I mean, if you can, if, if you can at least win, you know, split the series with the A's, I think you'd mm-hmm. be really pretty good if you're the White Sox. Now, if you lose three out of four or, you know, knock on wood, you know, you don't get swept, but if you do, 
I can probably see maybe some White Sox fans maybe panicking a little bit, but mm -hmm. again, you know what, they're far ahead, but I just don't see it happening. I think I think if they at least split the series with the A's, I think they'll be in you know pretty good shape. And also confidence-wise, too, that could only help. Yes. Now, the uh, before we close out this hour, best and worst from the weekend in baseball. I'll start with mine, Chris Sale. He looked good uh, this uh, this past Saturday. I watched some of the game live via my computer. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, he was on the pitch count. Uh, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, uh, he was, uh, Sale was helped out by that huge uh, outburst again by the Red Sox offense. Mm -hmm. That's uh, it was a part of a weekend sweep against the, one of the worst teams in baseball, in the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, that was a pretty yeah that, that that did not look good at all. Now for me, though, the best of the weekend was Mr. Tyler Gilbert, the who pitched the eighth no first first major league start first major league start and he gets a no hitter. You know, for he's a pitcher for the Diamondbacks. You know, first first career start gets no hitter, no hit the Padres. You know, Padres have not had a really good you know last couple of weeks, but you know things might be starting to turn around a little, a little bit for for them. But going back to Mr. Gilbert for a second. You know, actually give me something, you know, the, the Diamondbacks such a something good to celebrate. This is probably the only thing they're going to be able to celebrate this year because <laughs> they've been so terrible. But, you know, look, you know, seeing his dad, you know, Jake on the, I think that's, Jake, mm -hmm. that's, his, that's his dad's name on the, uh, on the stands, you know, cheering him on, you know, he taught him everything he knows. He knows he did, he pitched himself for a little bit in college. So you got to, you know, you love those feel good stories. It's the ninth, the ninth no hitter. We're, we're counting that. Look, we're coming, we're counting that bump guard no hitter now. We're going to. Yeah, you just my, yeah, that's the same thing I said watching the final innings last Saturday. I know it was the first no hitter for the Diamondbacks in Chase Field. I know uh, 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 they said on the broadcast it was the first since Edwin Jackson mm -hmm. 11 years ago. But I counted Madison Bumgarner. Even though baseball won't, we will on this show. Yes, we so will. So that's technically the second no hitter for the Diamondbacks this season. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's what they've had. To, they've had two things to celebrate. Um, you know, also, you know, Tristan McKenzie, you know, also a rookie, you know, he had a seven inning perfect, perfect game bid, you know, you know, they ended up winning that game, you know, the Indians did. So yeah, it was a, a nice showing for him. And look, I look, I know the Indians probably will not, well, the Guardians now, I should say, they will not, they won't, they, they won't catch the white socks. They probably won't catch the wild card spot, but it's a good showing for him. Maybe he could be a, a, one of the pieces that the Indians can, can build. Well, the Guardians, I should say, I got to get used to saying that, that they can build off of. What else caught your what else caught your caught your eye this weekend in MLB? Max Scherzer didn't Yay. have to have his best stuff, but he did he did his job well enough to have the Dodgers sweep away the New York Mets. What's going on with the New York Mets? I, I know this is deeper just missing Jacob DeGrom and Javi Baez. As Charles Brockman would say, terrible, terrible, terrible. They were oh <laughs> look, yeah, they were oh they were oh for twelve or what is the scoring position, you know, through seven innings in that in that game. Last night, what are the what a terrible way to show on the not the best way to show on the national uh, audience? You know, they're nope. the Dodgers are now uh 21 and four in the last 25 games versus the Mets. So, you know, the, the Dodgers have their number right now, and you know, even with that, they're still four, four games back of the of the uh, the Giants because they've been winning, you know, they've won eight of their last 10. So, you know, they've you know, you think they would probably gain some ground, but they haven't because the Giants have actually been playing well too. And also to the, the NL East, it seems like nobody wants to win the division now. Yes, I know the Braves, <laughs> the Braves have won three in a row. You know, I know they're you know, they're they're tops right now. The Phillies didn't have a good 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 series over the weekend. I guess the Reds losing two out of three. Yeah, the Reds coming out of nowhere. My goodness, I know. almost got no hit on Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that that's sort of kind of crazy how weird that works. But look, I don't I don't think Atlanta's gonna be able to hang on. I think they're gonna run out of gas. So 
you know, they'll probably be in first place. The Phillies actually had the Diamondbacks, you know, for the, you know, earlier this week. So hopefully they can kind of, you know, catch up and, you know, and kind of like, you know, get back into first place. I have a couple of friends who are big Phillies fans of the <laughs> Mets. I don't know what's going on with them. I mean, I, I you know, there, there are issues other than DeGrom not being there. That That's not the only issue. So I don't know what's going on over there in, with the Metropolitans. Uh, going back to the American League East, the Toronto Blue Jays got an 8-2 win at Seattle yesterday. I know they lost the series up there in the Great Northwest over the weekend. Uh, they struggled in that series against Anaheim, too. I know this is the road trip from hell, but the, somehow mm-hmm. the Blue Jays, they're lucky they're still in this AL wildcard race. Well, and that's probably the one good thing. You know, you got to look at that way if you're a Blue Jays fan. Now, again, there's a log jam there and you know we'll see i mean the a's are the and the red sox are the tops right now they have the yankees and you know you have the blue jays there four and a half back now not to say that that's you know that's not doable i mean it is they used to have about what's like five or six weeks five or six weeks left so it's doable but again mm-hmm. you know the one thing that's gonna you know be a deterrent for the blue jays and that was a deterrent for that road trip was their pitching they just didn't really. They just don't have overall the best pitcher from top to bottom to kind of compete. Now, can they get into the wild card? Of course, but you know, but it's it's going to be hard. You know, but but again, you know, they're seven and a half back. You know, they're four and a half back in the wild card. So we'll see what they can do. As I said to you, White Sox fans, you have something to play for besides clinching the division. You're trying to get home field advantage throughout the AL playoffs. Uh, the loss yesterday does not. Help, but it doesn't hurt either because the Tampa Bay Rays, who the Sox will play this coming weekend, uh, Friday through Sunday. Uh, Tampa Bay lost two out of three to the Twins at Target Field. Nelson Cruz did not have a good game yesterday. Not a, yeah, not a good showing if you're if you're the Rays, but uh, yeah, but again, but they're still they're still three up. I mean, I know the Red Sox have won three in a row, but you know they're still you know, the Rays are still kind of, I don't want to say they're in control of the division, but they're still, mm-hmm. you know, on, in the driver's seat, if you will, with three, you know, being three games up. And look, everybody, look, all the four teams we mentioned in the AL East, they also have to play each other these next few weeks. So mm-hmm. it's going to, it, it's going to be a fight probably to like the last couple weeks of the season of who ends up winning that division. But look, not to say that the, that the, the Blue Jays can't do it, but it's not, it's probably not doable since they're seven and a half back, but you never know. Yeah, taking a look at tonight's schedule for MLB. This is a makeup game from early in the season. The mm-hmm. Anaheim Angels will travel to New York to face the Yankees. Garrett Cole is off the injured slash COVID list. He'll start tonight's game. He has a 10 assist record with a 3.11 ERA. The Braves will face the Miami Marlins from Florida as the Braves trying to continue to climb up the ladder of the NL East race. You have Baltimore at Tampa Bay. You have the Cubs at the Reds, big series for the Reds. Mm-hmm. Oakland at the White Sox, as we mentioned earlier in, in this uh, segment. Actually, tonight's game for you folks watch, watching nationally. I think it's a full, full national broadcast. It'll be on ESPN. At the same time, you'll have Indians at the Twins, Houston at Kansas City. Kansas City were swept by the St. Louis Cardinals this past weekend. The St. Louis is trying to get hurt, trying to be hurt from in a, in a wild card race. At 740, you'll have San Diego at Colorado. At 8.45, the New York Mets will take on the San Francisco Giants from Oracle Park. And at 9 o'clock, you'll have Pittsburgh taking on the Dodgers from Dodgers Stadium. Mm-hmm. So that's your schedule in MLB tonight. Some good games, you know. Like I said, that that makeup game you know, should be a fun one, too. And, again, 
Oakland and the White Sox. I think that's a fully nationally televised game. Yeah. I don't think they're going to, yeah, I don't think there's going to be like a blackout in the Bay Area or here in Chicago. So that should be a lot of fun. You know, both teams finally getting some love nationally, which is great to see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but also Atlanta too. I mean, don't take the diamond. I mean, the uh, the, uh, the Marlins lightly because they're still they're pro- they're probably going to have something to say about who ends up winning the eight, the NL East. Our number one of Second City Sports is in the books. Our number two straight ahead. Stay tuned, and when we return, we'll dive deeper into the Bears' win first preseason win over the Miami Dolphins with our guy from War Media mm-hmm. Content Director, Mr. Cal Means. He was there on Saturday. He covered the game. Um, he was there at the press conference, uh, so he's going to give you his insights of what he saw on the Soldier Field grounds, and we'll have some more fun stuff for you guys as well. Thanks, thanks for tuning tuning in to Second City Sports live on Sports on Chicago on Facebook and on YouTube, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. Our number two straight ahead. We'll see and hear you on the flip side. I just heard my favorite band is in town. I'd love to get good seats, but everywhere I've looked, the ticket sites have crazy service fees. Haven't you heard of TickSplits? Who? TickSplits. They don't gouge you with crazy fees. The price they advertise is the price you pay, plus a small delivery fee. Never pay service fees again. Go to TixBlitz.com today. TixSplits.com. Guaranteed seats, low prices. That's TixSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports live and in living color on Sports Zone Chicago, 
along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow this show, Second City Sports, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Just watch us live on our Facebook and YouTube pages by simply typing in Sports Zone Chicago once again on Facebook and on YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. You can watch us live. You can drop in your questions and comments. Long as they're respectful and good, you will read them on the air to you. And you can catch the audio version of this podcast at War Media once again at W A R R Media. And you can follow follow us also on War on Anchor. You could catch our live podcast there to help us continue with the discussion on the Chicago Bears. He was there Saturday covering the game uh, for war media. Here's our guy. He Yay! can't get rid of us fast <laughs> enough. <laughs> Here's our guy, the content director. for <laughs> Y'all can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> He's our content director for war media. We are Rico Here is um, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Kyle Means. Kyle, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Sid. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on, Sid, Lakina. I appreciate you guys. Like, uh, you know, really happy to see you guys uh, transitioning well uh, here with Sports Zone. And uh, yeah, it's been a pretty interesting week for all of us. You know, got to mm-hmm. uh, do my thing at, at Soldier Field on Saturdays. Uh, you know, we'll, I guess we'll talk about that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty fun. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to be on to talk about this this pretty historic uh game that happened and uh it was a it was a pleasure to be there. Yeah, let's start with no pun intended, the elephant in the room. That's rookie quarterback um Justin Fields, of course. <laughs> uh, me and Lakina gave our opinions our uh, last hour. I want to get your thoughts ab- about Mr. Fields well, about his performance. And uh, we told people not to uh, get too high or get too low, but uh, I thought that he did okay. He wasn't the greatest. He's def- he definitely wasn't terrible. You definitely see the, tang- the tangibles in him, the reason why he got drafted number 11, the reason why the GM Ryan Pace traded up to get him. Uh, give us your evaluation on the, the debut performance of Mr. Fields. Yeah, it was, it was it was really all you could ask of him, I think, in that first this first moment of being exposed to a, 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 another NFL defense besides the one that he's seen uh you know for the bears in uh recent in in recent weeks but uh you know just being out there on the field in a real uh, game like situation he looked as good as i think as any quarterback we've seen uh here in chicago from you know in, in a debut situation he was you know very I, I think calm is the word was the word of the day on uh, Saturday. Uh, it was, mm-hmm. you know, a word that came from him, the word that came from Nagy, you know, his calmness, his demeanor, his ability to uh, read the defense as well, to be, to really feel uh, comfortable within whatever space he was in, whether he was being rushed out the pocket or, you know, being, or being contained in the pocket, he was able to, you know, look at plays as for what they were and take what the defense gives them and not panic and do the right things, make the right decisions most of the time. And um, yeah, it was just great to see that type of uh, ready made uh, execution from the quarterback position, especially after what we've seen the past few years from a quarterback who we knew wasn't ready and wasn't a, you know, we just was kept asking when would he be ready and you know, never was. So, you know, this is, really was the complete opposite of that. This was a guy who was, you know, ready-made, 
And uh, he's he's you know he's he passed his first test, like you said, Sid. It's not he you know he is not he, we can't say he's going to be a world beater yet, but he's a guy who we know we could put in as a at, at quarterback at some point and uh, get the type of uh, pro level play that we've been begging for in this city. Who else impressed you outside of fields? I mean, were there like some defensive guys that impressed you? Were there some old line guys? You know, though we talked to earlier, Sid and I talked earlier about the old line problems the Bears are having with Jenkins, you know, still having back issues. So who, you know, among like the, both the defensive and old lines, who impressed you the most? Well, I'll, let's, let's, I'll start with the old, uh, the old line. I think it's, it's interesting, uh, you know, the whole development with getting Jason Peters in that coming <laughs> that, that same day. But uh, I thought, I thought as a unit, they didn't look entirely bad. I think what, what we, you know, starting from the early, uh, the early drives where Dalton was, Dalton was still out there. You know, you saw some of the same, sort of uh, underneath passing and sort of frustrating thing that we saw last year with, you know, uh, with the, with the quarterbacks, you know, really all, all the quarterbacks that we saw last year. But, uh, you know, I, I liked one player, one player that I noticed early on was, uh, was uh, Williams. I think the, 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 uh, the, uh, the signing from KC, uh, uh, oh, Damian he, Williams. Damian yeah. Williams, yeah. yeah. He was uh, – I, I liked a couple of his runs early on. Um, uh, sticking to that position, Khalil Herb- Herbert was really impressive, and uh, he seemed to be a nice uh, – you know, a nice option that uh, that Fields was pretty comfortable with uh, in those last – you know, those last drives in the second quarter and, and especially in those uh, touchdown drives in the third. In the third. Um Say uh, you know, like I say going going uh, across the board on the offense, you know, the, of course the guys who, who who made plays, James and uh, um, uh, what's James and what's my man name Adams? Yeah, Adams had a couple plays, and uh, even uh, even Justin Hardy made a couple plays that uh, you know, you, you, he that stood out. So it's good to see some of those second and third string guys. Who, uh, you know, who uh, Fields is working with at the moment, being able to benefit from being uh, from working with him on defense. I like, you know, Ogletree uh, is sort of a guy that's jumped out to everybody to a lot of people. He had one uh, missed assignment uh, early on that uh, you know gave that gave a big fifty yard play and uh, helped uh, Miami get an early field goal. Uh, but uh, you know he sort of responded to that uh, in uh, in the next drive, I believe, in a, a later play. And um, you know he, he and overall he responded to his uh, you know giving up that play with some pretty good coverage. And uh, and and that, that was some pretty good. I, I liked overall the uh, the first seven had some pretty, but were pretty stout. Uh, whether you're looking at the first unit or the second unit, when uh, especially when against Brissett. They made him. They made him work pretty hard, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was it was good to see uh, some of those second line players and third line players. I had to got to get the roster out for some of them, but uh, I just wrote some numbers down. <laughs> but uh, you know, like I say, some of these guys who are who are really working for position, working for uh, 
you know, jobs right now. I think showed some good effort. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it was – we didn't see much of the first unit on defense th- this week. So, it will be nice to see, you know, see those guys uh, stepping up. For, but uh, but I think uh, stepping up in the in the future games. But uh, I think uh, uh, you know it'll it, be uh, like I said we we'll be uh, looking forward to that. But I think overall, when you look at the the defense, not like I said, not having mo- a lot of his stars out there the, in the defensive backfield in particular, uh, you know they held on. You know they there were some early worries, mm-hmm. worrying. Uh, mm-hmm. There were against Tua, you know he Tua looked pretty impressive to me. Uh, you know, looking at the opponents, but uh, you know, but they they held on and they uh, you know, got stronger. I think the defense actually got stronger as you know as the game went on, and you know, that, that part of that was going against lesser quarterbacks. But you know, it, it is what it is. You take it, take uh, the good with the bad in these games. Oh yeah. That's why they call the preseason. Uh, as I said exactly. before, it's a dress rehearsal. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Kyle Means, content director for War Media, is joining us here on Second City Sports Live on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Browns. We talk about the Bears and Dolphins preseason game, reviewing it from last Saturday. Let's stick with the defense, Kyle, as our guy Armando checks in. He says Ogletree was all over the field. He must be reading my mind because that's, that was the next question I was mm-hmm. going to ask you. Uh, give us your uh, take on Alec Ogletree. He came into camp 20 pounds lighter. Uh, he dominated in practice last week leading up to the game. I thought he was uh, he he was the best player uh, the, during his time on the field, along with whoever was number 93 for the Bears. So those two guys really uh, showed their worth on defense last Saturday. A couple guys said let me get my roster out, but uh, yeah, let's start with Ogletree. I think you know for him being the story that he's become over the over the course of camp, it's really a good thing to see the Bears, you know, get a guy, you know, seemingly off the scrap heap, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, make it make some, you know, really motivate, you know, help motivate a guy, you know, a journeyman guy in the league, and. And he seemed to found a place here, so I, you know, I think he, you know, he's had some, you know, varying play in, in places like New York and uh, where he's been before. But you know, if he if he can be if he can find his way in the rotation here in Chicago as a linebacker, that'll be great, and it'll, it'll be great for the again the depth and the uh, versatility of that linebacking core. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing his his play more. And I think, uh, like I said, you mentioned. 93 Vaughters. Yeah, Vaughters was yeah. up. Yeah, he's he's I think he could be promising very, very much so off the edge. I think another couple guys I was uh you know, I think Tonga, the, the rookie, yeah. uh was pretty, you know, did did a couple things. And um was was another guy uh I singled out. Um what is it? Sit? No, there we go. Archibong, yeah, seven. Uh, Daniel Archibong, Archibong, yeah, was a guy who, who, especially in the second half, showed a lot of energy. So yeah, they got some. They they got some versatility along that front seven. I, the front seven again was very um, impressive to me and throughout the game. And um, you know, I think the uh, the backfield. So DeAndre Houston Carson, I think, stood out in the defensive backfield, uh, but. You know, Trey Robinson made made a couple of plays too, but uh, beyond that, I think you know, you again, you were dealing with mostly second line players, but you know, 
I, I would, I, I've been thinking uh, for the past couple of months, I would have liked, you know, with, with this type of move, again, going back to the, the Peters move that they made recently, that they, that's a similar type of move that they may need to make in that mm-hmm. defensive backfield, you know, maybe try to find some veteran reclamation project that, and, and see if they could work a guy in. Cause you know, I, I just think they need some more bodies if, if, you know, not talent in that unit, you know, cause they, like say Tua was, was taking advantage of some of their, their coverage and some holes in that coverage early on. So, and that's the type of guy you're going to be seeing more so than Coke. You'll be seeing more Tua's than Jacoby Brissett's in the, in the regular season. Yeah, exactly. Now, what about the the rushing, you know, the running game? Because you know we didn't see too much of David Montgomery, and but then yeah, you know like Pierce, Pierce looked real. Yeah, I want to say yeah, you know, and Pierce, Pierce looked good. You know, Damian Williams only had a couple of carries, only for four yards. But where do you see the Bears' running game going? Well, I, I again, um, I said I like the couple, the little bit that I saw from Williams, and um, yeah, your yeah, Pierce was Pierce was pretty strong later in the game. And, uh, you know, and Herbert really uh, stood out to me, uh, especially with his pass catching ability. That was nice to see uh, out the backfield. So I think a lot of it's going to depend on, on the line though, the health of the line and their ability to jail. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, another person we didn't see out there was Dan- James Daniels and, you know, in guard. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you get him in, you know, we'll see how Peters works in this, in this whole thing. You know, Nagy mentioned him being uh, a guy who's going to be going after that left tackle position, that start a left tackle position. That's, you know, that's why, uh, to, to paraphrase, that's why he's here. So, uh, you know, we, we got to see, we got to see how that, that line continues to mold together, but I think the talent is there in in that backfield. I liked I liked Damian Williams as a pickup from the moment I heard it in the winter, and uh, of course we know what we got with Montgomery. He's a guy who can do some special things, and um, it'll be nice to see one of these younger guys, be it Pierce or Herbert, you know, possibly step up as a third option out that backfield. So I think the I think that's a place where they potentially can show some strength. Kyle Means, content director from War Media, wearegorillo.com, is joining us here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Lakina is sitting here with you. Kyle, what are we going to do with the special teams? Cordell Patterson, mm-hmm. Sherrick McManus is no longer with us uh, as far as the uh, being on the roster is concerned. I saw two fumbles out there on Saturday. Uh, do you think uh, how can they get this turned around, or, or do you think we have to uh, search for a guy or two off the street again? We may, because Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Lucas got the nerve to wear twenty three too, and and had those, and oh, did those uh, fumbles and everything in that in that cut in that return. Yeah, that is that that didn't look good at all. But overall, just there they had some bad a uh, lot of bad field placement in the game, you know, they weren't able to, like say, give much out of the returns and they yielded a lot of yards uh, to Miami in their returns. So yeah, they, they got some work to do in the special teams and that's, they're going to make life a lot harder just because we got a potentially more dynamic quarterback in fields. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to have to have him pinned back so much and, 
and uh you know the inside the 20 inside the 10 you know mm-hmm. and you definitely don't want to have uh I, I think want to have a uh, dalton in those positions early on you're just gonna be expedi expediating his uh, uh move to the bench if you have him uh in those bad field positions yeah. to start off so yeah that um i don't know what the options are i don't you know i the the whole part of the uh the storyline all off season has been uh the financial restraints for the team not having much money uh but uh if if we we'll probably see more uh going in after that uh we'll probably know more i should say after that buffalo game you know what the uh what the options are and you know but uh no hopefully somebody else could step up in this in on this team you know maybe Maybe you know uh, Lucas just had a bad game, but uh, uh, it, you know he gonna have to step up. Especially, again, especially if he's gonna wear twenty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a, what a, probably you better back it up if you're gonna wear twenty three. So, where when do you think everyone's asking when are we gonna see Justin Fields in a regular season game? Are we gonna see him week one against the Rams? Are we gonna see him probably you know midway through the season after a bye, or maybe right maybe the last four games of the season? What what's your take? It's 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 too much to ask. I think unless something really weird happens or bad to have for Justin to be there in the first week. Even you know he may light it up in the in the next two games in the preseason. But like I said, unless something really bad happens with Dalton, he's going to be there in in week one. I think when you look at the you know the quotes from Maggie, uh, the way that they want to approach it. Though they they just want they just want to be able to make sure that the that the time is right for Fields and that you know that that the option is it's the most obvious option at the time. I don't think they want to create a controversial uh, situation too in the in the in the room. Nagy was very after the game. Nagy on Saturday. Nagy was very much. Uh, insisting on the professionalism of all three of the guys who are still there, you know, uh, folding folds in as well. And just the fact that uh, they're all sort of taking things as they come. And, you know, the situation has been set and the plan is the plan going forward. It's not, you know, they're not going to be swayed by all of our, uh, you know, maniacal reactions and amongst the fans and the media in Chicago, of course, you know, we gonna we going to act the way that we act in, re- in reaction to a performance like we saw Saturday, but they, they have to exist in the, on another space at Hallis Hall. And I, I respect them for that. I don't, I understand it. I, I wouldn't, I, I don't advocate either for that type of situation where, you know, we're, we're wondering week to week, what the situation is at quarterback. Let Dalton have this, have his time to perform. And, you know, I, I think personally Dalton's going to show himself out the door on his own pretty soon uh, within the first half of the season. And um, then we'll, we'll have, we'll get to move on and to the glorious fields era fully. But, uh, you know, I'm not rooting for it. That's just what I'm that's just what I'm predicting, but uh, yeah, you know we don't. Like I said we don't need to push that. Let let Dalton have his time. He as long as he remains professional, and uh, you know, like I say, doesn't get in the kid's way. You know, 
this is what this is the role that he's here for. He is a transitional guy. Let it let that play out. But but I, I but I still think with if Fields keeps up the play like he has in the you know, if if he keeps up the level of play that he's had on Saturday, it won't take long before he's on the field. Uh, heading down the home stretch with our guy Kyle Means from War Media, the content director, right here on Second City Sports Live and in Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid and Lakina here with you. Now, sticking with uh, Justin Fields, Kyle. I know you were there in, in a in a in the uh, post game um, press conference and watching it on television and on social media. Justin Fields looks like he gets it already from a PR standpoint, the way he composes himself and the way he presents himself uh, to, to, to the fans and to the public. But he made a comment following the game on Saturday saying that the game slowed down from him. You usually don't hear that from a young player to about his second or third year when they figured everything out, when they've been playing for a while. Uh, what did you think about those comments? Well, yeah, he, it was a, you know, it's, it's, it was an easy uh, comment to, to single out. And, uh, you know, a lot of people did, including myself. I'm going to shout out uh, our guy, uh, uh, Joe Lewis, over at uh, 79th at Hollis and uh, uh, the Bigs, who he asked a question that uh, that yielded that answer. And there was a fuller context to that answer. To that answer. And it, it, it basically goes into the fact that Fields has been able to see a high-level professional defense in the Bears day after day so his the pressure or the speed that he may have seen at Hallis Hall every day it was you know with a first level first uh string defense like that it it wasn't as comparable to what he saw on Saturday from mostly a second string Miami defense so uh, you know we had to you know like I said we just had to take everything in context with these sort of statements. He's not, he wasn't saying it in a brash way. He wasn't saying it in a boastful way. He was just, you know, being honest. And and I would hate for Fields to feel like he can't be honest with the media and the fans here in Chicago. So, you know, I, I don't think, I think in Chicago, mostly we, we've accepted the, the comment in a, uh, you know, for what it was, I think there was some mm-hmm. people uh, in the national media, especially ex players and stuff, who was like, "Oh, okay, we'll see, kid," and all that. I mean, come on, man. You know, but regardless of that, I think Fields is ready for any challenges that that are coming that are coming for him. I think he is a very level-headed kid. He's a kid who's seen a lot. He's been through some challenges on the, on the lower levels. Uh, college, you know, transferring from Georgia to Ohio State and everything, playing under the pressure of Ohio State and playing in two uh, college football playoff seasons. You know, I don't, this is not a kid who's going to get rattled easily at all. You know, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, gain more confidence and uh, you know, uh, and I think he will gain more confidence on the field. And as he plays more with that first unit on in uh, on the field and, you know, be it in preseason or on a regular season, I think he's going to have reason to uh, feel comfortable and feel like, yeah, this is a natural adjustment to me. He's not going to – yeah, he's not going to take over the game right away. He's not going to be dominant. He's not going to be throwing, you know, blind passes like, uh, you know, like uh, 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 my man in Kansas City and everything. But uh, like Mahomes, but uh, he's gonna be doing what he can, what he knows he can do, 
and he learns quickly. He learned, I think he has a great sense of himself on the field. Like again, going back to the calmness and the ability to uh, like say read situations around him, the defense around him and, and just read, you know, navigate the space that he's allowed on the field. You know, he had the one play late in the first half where he, uh, you know, fumbled and everything going along mm-hmm. the sideline. And, you know, he, after, after the game, he was like, well, I'm going to have to retire that spin move. So, <laughs> you know, because, you know, he was, that was, that was the thing before where he was talking, he would talk about going back to that big hit that he took in that Clemson game yeah. uh, a year or so ago or, or two years ago. But, uh, you know, how he sort of worked that into his repertoire to avoid getting hit. But he, he realized, after that play Saturday where he fumbled is like the primary thing is taking control, taking care of the ball. So, you know, it's, you know, you want to not get hit of course, but you also, but more than anything, you want to take care of the ball. So I think his mindfulness on the field will be uh, a great weapon for him. And uh, it's a shot. It's, it's a sign of maturity, I believe in, in his uh, case. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm not worried about him being overconfident, and I don't think the NFL should be worried about that. You're not, you're not going to knock him down either way. I think this is a guy who's ready to, to, and he, he knows who he is, and he's going to be ready to take on all comers. But he's going to do it in a way that is, uh, like I said, mature and, uh, uh, and and mindful, and and not, you know, say not a uh, over over brag, you know, uh overconfident overconfident yeah, over cockiness yeah not cocky yeah <laughs> well your last question for me kyle uh where what are you what are your expectations for this bears team i mean some have said you know maybe 10 and 7 you know 9 and 8 8 and 9 hmm. you know what what are what are your expectations for this team it's if i had to if i had to do a a, a record uh you know, prediction right now, I probably would be in that 10 and seven range, maybe, <laughs> maybe at 11, six at, uh, to, as a ceiling, it's hard to read right now, this team. Uh, I think, again, you have some, you have some issues and some key areas that you, uh, offensive line, uh, defensive backfield that, uh, you know, I think some, some things that need to be, uh, sorted out. They had they they do have a lot of strengths on this team. Uh, some vet, you know, some good veteran leaderships has remains, and um, you know the idea of Fields maybe starting most of the games possibly this year is exciting. But I think this is this is a team that has a, a difficult schedule as well, and that their division remains competitive uh, with uh, Minnesota and Green Bay uh, in particular. So, uh, you know, I'm I, like I said, we, we this is a process that the Bears are sort of restarting, uh, with their quarterback leadership and everything, and some and some leadership in some other key areas. So, it's it'll be hard to see them, uh, being a division winner again, but I think they could very well contend for a wild card position, uh, pretty much the team like we saw last year. Uh, you know, fight fight for the, one of those last uh, positions uh, towards the end of the season, and um, you know, maybe be along that, like I say, a ten and seven or eleven, uh, t- eleven ten nine 
I I don't know. Like I said, with the seventeen games now, uh, will a nine eight record have the same? Uh, you know, a whole, well, you know, nine and seven usually could get you in the playoffs. I don't know if nine or eight will will be as effective, but uh, I would like say that's the range I, w- I would look at right now. Nine to eleven wins for this team. Last question for me, Kyle. Uh, I know it was a, a great day and a glorious day for you personally. I saw your pictures on social media uh, before the game via your Instagram. I was going to text you and say, uh, uh, tell our good friend Luke Connell, as we said hello, along with Anthony Heron, you know, many of the <laughs> colleagues that cover the Bears. We had them on various shows throughout the years, including this show. Yeah. Uh, describe that day uh, your, that day for you personally, covering your very first Bears game, uh, working in this business along with us for a while, and still continue to do what you do. Uh, describe the whole day for, uh, for you personally. Oh, man, it was a lot of emotion involved in it, man. You know, I, I spoke, like I said, um, I did my post on social media, and I, you know, I spoke on just having everybody in mind that has helped carry me and carry uh, the war label and brand uh throughout the years and you two are involved in, in that as well as so many others you know dean davis of course uh you know tony gill uh so many i mean it's a lot of people i can mention you know but um it was it was great you know you mentioned some of the people who we you know it, it's mm-hmm. interesting we've hobnobbed in some ways and booked throughout the years you know you yeah. and i and um it's so it made it comfortable to see people like like say Luca Nellis and uh you know I, I got to talk with Cheryl Ray Stout yes uh, up there she was a couple seats uh to the side of me in the in the booth she you know she was uh <laughs> complained mm-hmm. about the air conditioning up there you know? <laughs> you gotta keep a little warm yeah. for Cheryl man I'll give her get a sweater or something you know you know <laughs> but uh but yeah it was it was a, it was quite an experience you know other people you know uh you know uh Newer, I was one of a few newer people who was up there, and and I want to give credit to the Bears for uh, reaching out to uh, other media sources, independent media sources. They've worked with uh, the National Association of Black Journalists, our local chapter here in Chicago. With that, I'm a part of that chapter, and you know, so I was able to get in on that. And uh, you know, if if you look back like three months ago, somebody was to tell me. Oh, Kyle, you know, you, you might, you're going to be covering the Bears game pretty soon. You know, I've been like, man, what you sipping on? And, you know, can you pass it to me? You know, I didn't, I wouldn't have uh, expected that to be the case, man. And, you know, like, just, like I say, just been, I've been 15 years in the game as a sports reporter. You know, these are the sort of things that you get into the industry, you know, anticipating that you want, that you will do. You don't know at what point you'll do these things. Mm-hmm. And but um, you know, I uh, I have to admit, like at a certain point, I sort of was thinking and coming to the uh, realization, sort of that I may not get to do these things, and I may not get to do everything that I anticipated doing as a journalist. And um, you know, just to have th- that moment, like I say, I don't know how many more games I'm going to do. But uh, just to be able to to say that I had that one chance to do it is a blessing and, and definitely something that I uh, very much uh, you know appreciate.
Yeah. Just before we close, I remember uh, us, of course, uh, Lakina, I know you weren't there with us, but I, I remember mm -hmm. uh, us covering Bears training camp 2014 through 2016 yeah. last year at Tressman, mm -hmm. which was that season was a disaster. Of course, the first <laughs> years of the John Fox administration, you know, just for me personally, I know you can relate to this as well, Kyle, you know, shaking uh, GM Brian Pace's hands, shaking John Fox's hand, you know, just mm -hmm. watching the players from basically fence level down the field level you know, down there in Bourbon. They, you know, talking with the fans. And I know you got a chance to talk with the players uh, up close. I didn't get a chance to do that part, but, and I, I know you D and Ken did, but just uh, coming a long way just for covering training, Kevin. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but just uh, looking back, I was like, wow, we did a lot and we're still doing it, but you know, we, we come a mighty long way. <laughs> and Yeah. And, and, you know, I just want to make sure I say this before I go off to, you know, I, I want so much of what I do, man, is, is to try to break through uh, opportunities for as many people as possible. That's been part of the mission for of War Media since, you know, we started back in 2013. Like, it's creating opportunities and platforms for people who wouldn't have them otherwise. And Chicago is a, it's a very competitive, very a uh, busy sports uh, mm -hmm. market and media market. And a lot of people can get lost in the shuffle, but a lot of people are here, uh, you know, talented people like y'all. And, uh, you know, I just, I live for the, the day when as many people of many people as possible, people of color, women uh, mm -hmm. get the chance to uh, live out there, uh, you know, ambitions and their, their passions as sports reporters, sports uh, broadcasters, you know, we ain't, we ain't doing this just for play. You know, we, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that keep that hinder us from, uh, you know, doing this that, that keep, get in our way, I should say. And, but we still do these things and, uh, you know, it's meaningful when you get to break through and, and get to different levels of the game. So, you know, I, I keep us, I'm, I'm going to keep grinding and try to do as much as I can to help others. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I want to see more faces like ours in these, mm -hmm. in these press conferences at Soldier Field and at all the other pro stadiums as well. I think the Bears, again, have shown a nice step forward here with their reaching out to other uh, uh, media sources and to community uh, sources and, uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, uh, something that the uh, the Be the Bulls and the Sox and the Cubs can uh, uh, mm -hmm. you know can do more of as well as well as well as others. So, yeah, like you said, yeah. Go ahead, Lakina. No, I was say where, where can people find you in the social media, Kyle? Uh, you can find me um, under uh, Means Matters uh, on Twitter, uh, K Mean on IG. Those are pretty much where I'm most active and if, uh, anything regal uh, war w-a-r-r -R media uh, I'm usually controlling those accounts as well so you can reach me there uh, yeah like I say war media on Twitter I IG uh, Facebook as well and uh, sub on the um, uh, uh, YouTube <laughs> you can find uh, you know somebody the all of our all of the second city sports videos uh going back for the past year and um uh anchor fm anchor.fm uh search for war media and you'll get you know 
these uh, you'll get you'll continue to get the Second City Sports podcast. So uh, definitely, uh, it's been a pleasure working with y'all, and I'm like I said, I'm just real glad that y'all are still doing y'all thing, and, and y'all are uh, I think you're gonna thrive a lot with uh, sec, uh sports zone. Yeah, thank you very much, Kyle. And thank you uh, very much for the opportun- uh, opportunity to, to to do this show. Of course, now as you mentioned, we're on Sports Zone Chicago. Hopefully, you get to cover another Bears game or two. Hope you never know; you may have to cover them for the entire season. You never know. So yeah, I love that, man. I love <laughs> that. I, I, you know, like I said, I'm 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 at least in there <laughs> with the yeah. with the media folks. Uh, you yeah. Know, so uh, I don't actually I don't know how many games I'm gonna go to, but I, I do have access to a lot of media sources that uh pretty much the the regular reporters have now. So I'm gonna try to utilize that the best I can. Okay. You gonna be all up in them zooms, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might be. Yeah, I might be. You know, <laughs> all up in the zooms. Get your foot in, 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 in the door. That's all you. That's all you need. Exactly. You know, let yeah, let the talent take the, the talent to take you the rest of the way, but. The grind is always there, man. Yeah, it's just like the late great James Brown once said, just open the door, the rest I'll get it myself. Facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> Kyle Means from War Media, he's the content director there. He can't get rid of us just yet. He loves us too damn much. So. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, Kyle, thanks again for joining us. And we'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right, thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Stay safe. You too. Uh, all right, so that's Kyle Means, content director of WeAreRealRadio.com. And also, too, hopefully, we'll be seeing you'll be seeing more of him at the Bears games, you know, sometime during mm-hmm. the season. Now, we're going to take a really quick break, and but we still got a lot of stuff to talk about. Instead, ESPN makes it official. Alex Smith's part there, going to be part of the football coverage this year. Also, mm-hmm. too, the AP Top 25 for college football is out, and I'll give you guys three guesses on who's number one. Oh, really? <laughs> maybe three maybe three or four guesses, I guess. So, <laughs> with Sydney Brown, I'm Lakina McGee. This is Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you in a bit. I just heard my favorite band is in town. I'd love to get good seats, but everywhere I've looked, the ticket sites have crazy service fees. Haven't you heard of Tick Splits? Who? Tick Splits. They don't gouge you with crazy fees. The price they advertise is the price you pay, plus a small delivery fee. Never pay service fees again. Go to TixBlitz.com today. TixSplits.com. Guaranteed seats, low prices. That's TixSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere.
Welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. She'll be back in just a minute. I am Sydney Brown, and you're you're listening to Second City Sports and watching us live on Facebook and the YouTube. You can drop your comments right in the comments section. Since we have a few minutes left in the program, we just got off the line with Kyle Means, our guy, contact director for War Media. Uh, he covered the Bears' uh, first preseason game of 2021 this past Saturday. He talked to us about his experience uh, covering the game as we all try to make moves in this industry. He's doing what he's doing and we're doing what we're doing. And for those of you that are listening, watching us and doing uh, want to do what we do, you got to put in the work. You got to sacrifice. You got to have the passion. You, you got to have the commitment to do this. And there, there's no other ways around this. You you got to put in that work. Sometimes you got to do stuff that makes you uncomfortable sometimes. But uh, we're all trying to uh, achieve uh, a, a goal and, and chase our passions and, and, and eventually get uh, get to where we want to go to as far as our careers are concerned. So I just want to thank Kyle Means for sharing his personal story and uh, hopping on with us. And for Kyle, I want to thank you for giving us a platform when we mm-hmm. actually lost having the chance to do this in studio live. But you know, he gave us a chance to kind of do it podcast style, which we've been doing mm-hmm. for over a year now, kind of warming us up to doing it this way. You're still going to get the audio version on the War Me- War Media, um, you know, Anchor, you know, on Anchor, mm-hmm. Spotify, yeah. uh, Google, iTunes, you know, wherever you get your podcast. So you're still stuck with us, folks. So yes, <laughs> just, uh, and you, we know that you love it, too. So that's why we keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Sid, let, we're going to do some of this stuff like rapid fire. Uh, we'll start with the we we didn't te- I didn't tease as I should have, but the Luke Longley documentary. Now, if you guys are on YouTube right now, after this is over with, don't you leave us just yet? We only got a few more minutes <laughs> left. Go to the ABC website, not not the American, not our version here in the states, but the Australian version. The Australian, I believe they call it the Australian Broadcasting Company. I, I think it might services. I think they just say they say ABC. Their version, ABC. The Luke Longley document documentary. It's a little over an hour, so it's not not a long documentary. It's mm-hmm. a, you know you can binge watch through it. It goes through like that. It talks about you know Luke's um, life. You know how you know, how he ended up playing basketball. How he went to New Mexico. Like that that started sort of like a big resurgence of that program back in the late '80s. Then of course he went to Minnesota, and of course Minnesota. You know the Timberwolves. You know he was traded to Chicago, and the rest was history. And you know. I actually got a chance to watch and see some of the, the stuff he's been through over the years, you know, the, you know, the, the issues with his foot and, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that led into retirement. So, so what do you think about the, the doc, the documentary? Sid? Oh, the documentary was very good. I saw it late last week. I meant to give it to you before Friday's show, but uh, I, I, I didn't think you would have had time to watch it. That's why we didn't discuss it on our last, on our first episode last first episode on sports on Chicago last show uh, this past Friday, but uh, I found it to be very interesting. You know, we saw some of the Chicago colleagues that we grew up listening and watching. They were in the documentary mm-hmm. and I think Michael Jordan, who was, who was in it, he was very sincere. He understood yeah. why that uh, Luke Lonely wasn't mentioned in the last dance, the ESPN version. I know they showed the clip of, of Luke Lonely scoring the basket. I remember in game one of the 98, series against Utah tying the mm-hmm. game going to overtime before they lost. Of course, we know what happened after that. But I thought Michael Jordan, it was a fair assessment uh, of Mr. Lonely. And I always had that love-hate, quote-unquote, relationship with Luke Lonely because he did feel a need for what the Bulls uh, 
needed around that triangle offense at that time. He was one of the best passes centers in the league. But the joke was, or you remember a very young comedian yeah. at that time, Chris Rock, saying that Luke Long is so bad. I'm just paraphrasing here. Luke Long is so bad, he gets off the team bus with two fouls. So that was the <laughs> joke on him. And people took that and ran with it. But Luke Lowley did what he needed to do offensively as far as feeling the need in that triangle offense. I, I wish a whole lot more people paid attention to that. Me personally, and Michael Joy mentioned this, not to give it all away, but Michael Joy mentioned this in a documentary that uh, he, he wanted Luke to be a little bit more tougher because that's what the league was back in those days. Yeah. And he said that he gave Luke a compliment. They were up by double digits. After he gave the compliment, they lost by double digits. He's like, that's the last time I'll give Luke only a compliment. But uh, but Michael Jordan went on and say, you know, sometimes you have a love-hate relationship with your teammates. And we saw that in, in the documentary in the last dance. And we see a few more people still speak about that to this day. We won't get into that. But mm -hmm. I thought it was a good documentary. But, but getting into Luke's background, I don't know if you if you uh, paid attention to this, Lakina, but I noticed that they didn't mention the surfing the surfboarding accident that was between yeah. the 96 and 97 championships. I don't know if they mentioned it. If they did, I missed it. Uh, they, they didn't, I don't think they, they did. They mentioned it because remember that captain now, now, I believe it was that beginning of that 97, 96, 97 season that, that the surfboarding accident. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, they didn't mention it. They didn't mention the doc, and and you know that kind of contributed to him having foot issues. So mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, that that kind of started. He might he might have made he might have like you know said like in passing, but you know they didn't really go in depth into mm -hmm. it. But you know, the the guys that put it together, you know, they did a really nice job. You know, yes. kind of you know, he went through his divorce, but he and his his first wife, you know, they're still very friendly. You know, you saw <laughs> with his two daughters, they're now all grown up, and you know. Yeah, I know, I know, right? I mean, well, and also too, you know, his current wife, you know, they actually grew up together. So they actually went to school, high school together. So yeah. they, you know, they they went their separate ways as usual. You know, they we they got married, they married other people, had kids, and then they, you know, are both divorced. You know, kind of did like a Australian version of the Brady Bunch, if you will. I love, I love yeah. his uh, current wife's sense of humor. But you know, for you know, all you guys out there, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, check it out. And, and look, he's one coaching. giant step, Luke Lonely. One giant step. Uh, yeah. Look it up on YouTube. Yeah, um, it's been out for a week plus now. Yeah, about a little about two weeks now, and um, yeah, you know he's at, he's actually coaching one of the club teams down there in Australia. He kind of mm -hmm. look, he kind of sort of set the you know set the tone for guys like Patty Mills and Joe yeah. Ingles, you know, to come to the NBA because at don't, that don't point, forget Andrew Bogut as well. Oh, Bogut too. Yeah, you know, forgot I can't forget about Andrew Bogut. Come on, <laughs> loved him. <laughs> when he was a loved him. Loved him in college, but yeah, I mean, he kind of sort of you know set the tone for you know, he made the openings. And the weird thing about it is that when he when they, you know, when the, uh, the coach at New Mexico at the time, I forgot his name, but when he went down there to recruit, he was actually recruiting one of Luke's friends. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it was, it was sort of weird, but, you know, of course, you know, I think he was all whack, I think for a couple of years that he was there and just sort of kind of set the tone, I guess, for the pit, the pit down in Albuquerque became like one of the, like the, the toughest places to play for, for years. So hopefully yeah. they can get back to it. Unfortunately, they've been kind of, you know, kind of been on a downturn down uh downward over the years but yeah thanks amando you, you really should i mean you're really like he said he's gonna definitely try to check it out on youtube so yeah you all of you guys out there you really should check it out because it's really it's only it's only a little over an hour you know it'll, it'll go right by it doesn't drag it's you know it goes by like like that so make sure one one giant leap you know check it out on youtube yes. on, on yes. australian on the abc australia's abc <laughs> site like just, just type it in search engine box on youtube one yeah. giant step look lonely and the videos should pop up Okay. All right. So ESPN made official Al Alex Smith, former NFL quarterback. Alex Smith is now will be on a part-time basis basis. You know, will join ESPN for their football coverage. He'll occasionally make some appearances on Monday night countdown also to 
So the NFL countdown also, I believe they also said uh, get up, you know, occasionally. He's, like I said, they want to get the feelers out first, you know, to see if he wants to do it. I don't, like I said, I don't doubt that he's going to end up being there full time. He's just, you know, very smart guy. And I think he'll do just fine <laughs> in this new role. Yeah, we talked about this extensively uh, on Friday in our our last episode, first episode <laughs> here on Sports Towns Chicago, Sports Zones Chicago. Oh, I made a mistake. Uh, anyway, Sports Zones Chicago. But uh, we talked about this before. Now you have RG3, Robert Griffin III, for those of you that are scoring at home. And then you still had Dan Alvlosko, who's one of the top football analysts over there in ESPN. I want to see those three do a segment on Sports Center or have a podcast or have a a special film breakdown show or something to that effect because those are the three uh, quarterback minds that you have on your staff at ESPN. And Dan Ovlosky uh, can break down any film like no other. And with RG3 and Alex Smith both uh, just retiring, uh, they can help out Dan. I, I want to see those three. Let's see if ESPN can be creative, uh, do a podcast or special uh, segment with those three, like a film room segment or yeah. something. That effect, like for countdown or for yeah. one of those morning shows, I think that'll be very good to, like I said, educate the fan. You can explain what's going on without without dumbing it down too much, without insulting the fans, because uh, you notice with all these special shows, whether it's on mm -hmm. social media or on television, the fan has gotten smarter over the past over the gotten smarter over the past 15, 20 years. You would say, Lakina, at least definitely the last okay, decade. Yeah. Or so. Maybe, maybe the last so they know, years. They know more than what we did when we grew up. So. Uh, it's all about not just entertainment, but it's all about you know communicating the message to the uh, the common fan. Yeah, I think there will be it would definitely be a missed opportunity for you as you know for them not to do that. I mean, you have three you know great you know great QB minds you know who are all very smart you know mm -hmm. a couple of them you know did well you know contributed very well and also had you know long careers. I mean, you know, yes, our lots didn't, didn't play very much you know in the pros, but mm -hmm. it actually has more infamous plays than anything else. He'll he'll be the first <laughs> to tell you that. But you know, the, I think the three of them could actually mesh well and look. Whether it's a podcast or it's a special, you know, special segment. I mean, the, the ESPN would be, be crazy not to do that. So hopefully they're they're listening to us and you know they you know take it take it for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. So about uh, keeping that attention span for the viewer. Yeah, keep it fresh and and you know, big surprise with the college football season starting in a little over a week. You know, I know how crazy how time flies, but. The AP preseason poll is out, and you know, big shocker. You know, I'll, I'll give you a guess. Who's number one, Sid, in this in this um in this poll? Who won the championship last year? <laughs> <laughs> right. It seems like about right. I mean, shocking. <laughs> I'll say yeah. Alabama's number one. You know, they had like they got like forty-seven of the fifth of the sixty-first place votes. Oklahoma got the you know is number two. Clemson number three. Um, Ohio State four, Georgia five, Texas A&M six, Iowa State at seven. I think that's the highest you know ranking preseason ranking for them in a while. Cincinnati. I don't think Iowa State was ranked that high when Seneca Wallace was playing. No. That was the last time I paid attention to Ohio. No, Ohio, Iowa State. Iowa that was State. like oh two, oh three. Good. Yeah, they were like in the top fifteen. I think that was. I'm now like telling my age. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> well, what is he up to these days? I'm sure he's probably. I'm sure he's playing somewhere or as a QB coach somewhere. Um, Cincinnati at eight. Notre Dame at nine. Okay. Uh, North Carolina at 10. And, you know, the rest of the top 25, Oregon, Wisconsin, Florida, the U, Miami, USC, LSU, IU, Iowa, Penn State, Washington, Texas, couple of, a uh, couple of non-power five, you know, guys here, Coastal Carolina and Louisiana, Utah, and despite their problems, Arizona State is still, like, right at the, t you know, the top 25. So any big surprises there you see, Sid? 
couple of things. One, Herm Edwards, hopefully they can get that situation turned around. I really like him. Hopefully they don't have any more issues. And number two, the the U, the University of Miami, I know they struggled big time last year. I know they returned to national prominence about uh, three years ago. I don't know if they're going to get back to national championship status, but I'm looking forward to uh, watching them. Hopefully they have a bounce back here in the ACC. Yeah, Derek King looks like he's on track to – um, you know, be able to play Remy towards ACL about halfway through their season last year. So, but he's back and they got a couple other guys back as well. And I look, I love him on those comments at Illinois, but look, give him a couple, give him a couple of years. I think they'll, <laughs> I think they'll at least get in the top 25 first. It's not like he will be, he will build there for uh, with uh, Wisconsin, <laughs> but you know, that should be interesting. And also too, um, some of the other, uh, I think Northwestern got some votes, I believe. In the top twenty-five, Oklahoma State, o- o- Ole Miss, TCU. So again, yeah, you know, and Michigan even got some votes as well. So we'll see. I mean, you know, with now it looks like we're gonna have at the very least, you know, halfway we are with the crowd. So we'll, we'll great to see mm-hmm. that atmosphere. That it'll be a college football atmosphere that we've been yearning for. Yes, you know, last year we didn't have. Yes, couple of things before we close out, Lakina. I'm sure you have another uh, quick story or two left, but. Uh, do you think Northwestern will repeat what they did last year? And number two, how much pressure will be on Jim Harbaugh this year? Because I think the 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 dig is up, and he has no more mulligans left. Well, he just signed a new contract, so I don't think that you know, he's not leaving anytime soon. But I think if you're Michigan, you're I don't know. That was a uh, good. Uh, no, no, that was about like decision, a, that was like two but, months. Yeah, I, I know. But, but, but well, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, looking at their schedule, they could, like, they could probably make some noise. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're going to be up there with Ohio State and Penn State. You know, they've got mm-hmm. the talents a little bit better there with those two. But you know, they'll, they'll be right there. I mean, they're they're still Michigan, and you know, hopefully they can make some moves now. Northwestern, look, they've got some of their guys, you know, back. You know, they lost some guys, you know, you know, to graduations in the NFL, but they still got some guys back. So, you know, they they got to play Michigan State. You know, we'll see what they, you know, Mel Tucker, you know, that Michigan State actually did, mm-hmm. you know, better under his, you know, the first year. Yeah. I'm sure I think they beat, him, beat Northwestern last year. Yeah, they did. Oh, they yeah. did. So, yeah. So they actually, they actually played in a couple of weeks you know, on September 3rd. So that should be a good one. I'm sure Northwest is going to want their revenge for yes. that game last year. But, uh, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I think Wisconsin a lot is obviously expected of them this year. I think they're probably the favorites in that Big Ten West. You know, they had they I think they had some guys, you know, injured and some guy that they opted not to play. So I think you know, a lot of those guys are back now. You know, they actually have a tough one on that first Saturday against Penn State. That that's already gonna be a tough one, right? That's a, one of those mm-hmm. big noon games. You know, we'll talk more about that. But yeah, so definitely some interesting matchups in these next these companies. Um North Carolina, you know, Mac Brown looks like he's you know turned that program around pretty quick. We'll see what they do last expected of them this year in the ACC Coastal Division. So we'll see what, what they can do there. But, yeah, I mean, looking forward to it. Hopefully we can, we can have somebody out to talk about it because I think that mm-hmm. we need to get like get our, get our everyone ready for the college football season co- starting in like in a couple of weeks. Yeah, as we, we said in our first uh, show uh, on Friday, this will be your home for college football preview. Every football Friday show right here on Sports Zone Chicago, Second City Sports. Lakina's going to give you her key games to watch, and we'll break them down for you, which uh, big games to watch on our Football Friday shows. That's coming in a, in a few weeks as uh, the college football season kicks off. Along with the NFL, we'll give you college football uh, the key games to watch because you're not going to hear it anywhere else. Not in, not in a lot of places, no. And mm-hmm. even even some of like, the bigger stations, you know, they don't really delve into college football too much, you know, outside of, you know, Northwestern and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get you covered here from coast to coast. Um, 
Actually, that's all I got. So do you have anything else you want to talk about right quick before we head out? Uh, <laughs> you, you pretty much said that I was going to talk about the, um, I was going to talk about that Luke Lonely documentary. I'm glad that you looked at it. I sent that link to you over the weekend. It was a good, very good doc, documentary. Shout out to Armando again. If you want to uh, be like Armando and have your comments read uh, and heard on the show, uh, on all of our shows uh, here on Sports Town, Sports Zones Chicago, Second City Sports, <laughs> just type in the type in your comments in the comment section on our Facebook and YouTube pages on Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook and YouTube, and we'll read them for you right on the air. And um, yes, Amanda, we're going to have Football Friday every Friday of the football season, college yes. and pro. So we got you covered right here, Amanda. Tell your friends, tell your buddies to, to yes. come uh, on the Sports, yes. uh, Sports Zone Chicago's both Facebook and YouTube pages. Yeah, so just real quick before we head out, uh, I'll give you about 10 seconds. I, I like the Luke Lonely documentary. I'm glad mm -hmm. we got a chance to discuss it. For those of you who haven't seen it, after this show, just type in One Giant Step, Luke Lonely Story right here on YouTube. Uh, go look at it. It's about an hour long. Uh, you won't be disappointed. It, yeah, it is not a waste of your time. No, it's like, not. You learn a little something, something. Yeah, it's it, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It makes you feel old now. It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm still 29, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I know, but but no, it's it's nice to say that he's in a good place now. He's yeah. coaching, you know, club some club teams down in Australia. So it's good, you know, that he's starting to develop some of the young guys there. So, you know, I'm glad he's in a good place now. I'm, I'm glad because yeah. and and I'm glad and I'm glad MJ sort of, you know, admitted that yeah, he was wrongly, you know, Luke was, you know, um, uh, wrongly admitted from you know from that documentary. Yeah. For the for the, the last chance, I should say. <laughs> yeah. On that note, you can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. S I D K I D eight zero. You follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny McGee on the IG. And also, to Amando said that uh, he actually played football with semi pro football with Sean. So that's how how they know each other. Well, so. Yeah, we have to ask Sean about that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you can download the Sports Zone Chicago app at Apple iTunes Store and also at Google Play. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app. You can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can follow this, all, the audio version of this podcast at War Media on all social media platforms. And you can uh, get the audio version at War on Anchor. We're everywhere, including that iHeartRadio app. Just search for WARR on Anchor for the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports. All right. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And, you know, get everyone to, you know, like our like the pages on Sports Zone Chicago, both on the mm -hmm. YouTube and the Facebook pages. Yes. For Lakina, I'm Sid. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Catch us on our next episode live and in living color this Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're here for you every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Till, till Friday afternoon at noon, go Sox, Spurs, holla! <laughs> Be safe, everybody, and keep your hands washed. You're not going to get the vaccine. Wear your mask. Take care.